Go for it. Friggin' what up, dude? Um, Strider Wilson, I'm the host of this podcast that's mine. Gonna be called History is Nice. Again, what up, dude? Welcome back to another ep of History is Dank, dude. I'm your host, Strider Wilson, dude. Friggin' what up? We got Aaron beasting it up on the sticks, dude. What up, Aaron? What up? Dude, just freaking chilling right now, dude. We're full swing in the summer. We're in the dog days, dude. It's triple digis outside here in Bird Dank, where we record, dude. AKA Burb Bank, dude, but it's freaking Burb Dank when you got me and Aaron in the house, dude. And look, dude, I'm rocking a nice little Hawaiian right now. Fired up, dude. Fired up because guess what, dude? I can say this now. I haven't made this announcement yet. Two weeks, dude. Netflix. Going deep. Freaking Chad and JT. Go deep, dude. Stream it, bro. Put it on all your devices, dude. Put it on your grandpa's device, dude. Make it watch even while he's passed out. Him watch even while he's passed out, dude. It's going to be sick, dude. So I'm rocking the Hawaiian in honor of that, dude. And uh, and I'm also just in vacay mode, dude. Aaron, you cruised on any vacays this this freaking summer, dude? You got anything coming up, dude? Uh, Yeah, I got something coming up uh, Labor Day weekend. Is it going to be sick? I hope so. We're going to Sequoia. Dude, I've never been. Some sick-ass, some fucking good-ass trees up there, dude. Thick trees, dude. Thick trees, dude. I like a nice, good, thick tree, dude. A beautiful thing about tree, you know, it's a history pod, dude. That thing's been through a lot of history. Some of those pups are like 400 years old, dude. So gnarly, dude. Yeah. What's the name of that big-ass tree? Like the General or something that's up there? The Big Sycamore? No idea. The Admiral, dude? There's a tree. It's got a nickname. It's like a tree up there that you can drive like a Volkswagen through. So sick, dude. Dude, I'm in vacay mode, dude. Always, dude. But the thing you got to realize about me is, you know, a lot of people, my vacay mode is different from other people, Aaron. Most people, they go vacay, they like to relax, dude. They like to go on vacation to relax. I go on vacation to compete. <laughs> All right, dude, I go on vacation. People go there to unwind, dude. I go to not become a statistic. It's what I do, dude. It's probably because I mean, I've, got, I've got raw, untethered energy, dude. Dude, I found myself, when me and my dank fiance were in Costa Rica, I'd order, I'd stand up to order lunch, dude. Or, or sitting down inside, I'd stand up, be like, I'd like chicken nuggets, please, and a knife to go. You know, just need to be, dude, here's my thing, dude, on vacation, dude. Be ready so you don't have to get ready, okay? And look, this goes to, you know, you're a dad, dude. You're gonna, Aaron, when you're on vacation in Sequoia, you're setting the tempo for your dank ass daughter, dude, the, you know, how she will future vacation. And dude, the tempo was set for me and my siblings. And look, I grew up in Orange County. I was a spoiled little bitch. We all know that, dude. Well-trodden territory. I'm a little bitch, dude. But vacations weren't fun, dude. You know, like we'd be, yeah, I went to Hawaii, dude. That was sick, dude. But guess what, dude? Had to be up at the crack of 6 a.m. every morning, dude. Why? To get the shuttle to the cove. We need to, we need to enjoy the cove before the heat sets in, dude. Yeah, but we got to be up at six why for fun got to make this vacation worth it get max fun like dude i like literally dude it was too early to eat i would throw up if someone if someone doesn't throw up it's not a vacation for me dude you got to be throwing up on the side of a road somewhere then you got to be going to a museum feeling too hot outside you need to get a head cold i would get a sinus infection in that museum it's so cold just going around, dude, having a plan. There was never time for relaxation. There was an itinerary. You strictly adhere to it. 
There was no self-time, no drill factories. Just let's go. Maybe the back of a tour bus. You can drill yourself. Maybe. <laughs> That's why now, dude, I in vacation very intensely. Dude, I go to the beach. I move my fiance about four or five times to find better shade. I'm competitive. I see another couple. We need to beat them to that shade. The sun is moving. You know, my fiance reads, dude, I follow the sun. That's how I vacation, dude. <laughs> you better believe I judge other couples' breakfast orders. <laughs> Fucking idiots, dude. Ordering do you ever, pancakes. Do you ever have uh, your dad yell at you at a buffet for not eating enough? Uh, Aaron, absolutely. You could bank on that. Yeah. We were the first ones there. Why? Prime selection, no germs. People couldn't, couldn't sneeze on it. We, we were the first ones to, to be there. And if I got a blueberry muffin or something stupid, that's a stupid uh, breakfast item. <laughs> he's like, you need a banana, potassium up, drink this water, and then have papaya juice because they don't have that at home. Down that papaya juice, enjoy the shit out of it. Chug it down. I mean, that's why, because I'm not hungry because I'm up at 5.45 in the morning to make the 6 a.m. shuttle. Chugging papaya juice, throwing it up at 7.30 in the morning on the side of the road. So that's how I vacation, dude. And, but I'm smart about it now, dude. You know, I see an athletic couple. I become vacation friends with them. Not really. It's just because that's our greatest uh, couple to team up with in case the locals turn. You know, people aren't going to be, they're not good tippers. I do tip and I know about tips because I'm a valet. Um, you know, we got to be ready and I, I need uh, someone to have my six. You know, we need to team up with an elite couple, dude. So that's how I travel. Do I have a good time? No. No, I don't. But do I make it back? Fucking yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And does, do I throw up? Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe my fiance threw up. We had a pullover a taxi. You better believe that. She boked, threw up, a, threw up some fresh pineapple. But don't worry, as soon as we got to that freaking all-inclusive, I housed plenty of pineapple for the two of us. So that's how it's done, dude. So you don't want a vacation with me. That's all I'm saying. Dude. Look, I'm a pretty chill guy. But when I get out of my element, dude, you know, I like to I like to post up inside, get my Wi-Fi. You know, if I'm out there in the elements, I got my head on a swivel looking for shade and housing nutrients. And I like to carry a knife on my hip if I can, if it's legal, even though I have no training and I'm a threat to myself probably than anyone else. Um, but Aaron, yeah, have fun in Sequoia. That's going to be sick, dude. <laughs> I think it's a national park. I think you can carry a yeah. weapon. Yeah, it's a national park. Yeah, that's sure. sick. Um Anyway, dude, before we get into our topic today, which is dank, dude, I got to give a big time shout out to my boy, Brad and Haver Supply, dude. I'm rocking my OG patch lid, dude. It's my go-to lid, dude. And if you don't know about Haver Supply, dude, it's a brand with good vibes, bro. To the core, dude. You know what I'm saying, dude? It's, look, bro, whether you're chasing that sunset, dude, with your dank fiance or with the boys, dude, planning your next freaking summit, just getting after it, dude, out there in nature, dude, and challenging yourself or just... Posted up and screaming at an SEC football game, or you know, for me out here, dude. I guess I'm going Big 12 now that our West Coast teams are moving out there. But Haver is there, dude, handing you that cold brew on those dank outdoor activities that you do because it's all about the good vibes. It's a blend of, dude. Th that's Haver, dude. It's it's custom blends, dude. Small batch orders, dude. So you got to get your stuff while while it's uh, available, dude. And it's it's clothing inspired by outdoor living and, and you know spreading that stoke and those good vibes. And it's it's vintage at its core and it's good vibes through and through baby so right now dude listeners you can get 20 percent off your first order with code dank at checkout go to haversupply.com and enter code dank at checkout for 20 percent off that's haversupply.com code dank for 20 percent off at checkout legit dude fired up yeah i wear this hat inside dude. that's how stoked i am dude all right dude here we go 
this is a today's episode, Aaron, is a and I love this, a suggestion from a freaking dank Torian, dude. Gotta give a fat shout out to freaking Austin, I think O'Rourke. Let me see, dude. I, I put some notes in front of his name, dude. But um let's see, dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm fucking up this. Shout out to you, my dog. Yep, Austin O'Rourke. Got it right. Um he goes, dude. Shatter, I know you love WWE Deuce, dude. Have you ever heard of this Russian sniper named Lyudmila Pavlichenko? I go, no. Well, I'm about to, dude. And I was, I was so stoked researching this app. Everything I read, I got more stoked on. There's one part that I had beef with that we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, Aaron, have you heard of Lyudmila Pavlichenko? No. She was actually the first uh, Soviet or Russian citizen invited to the White House by FDR. Did you know that? No. That's sick. And guess what? That's maybe the least legit thing about her because what she did to get that invite is quite the feat, dude. Let me set the table for you, dude. It's WW Deuce, dude. It's 1939, dude. Germany signs a pact with the Soviet Union, okay, then led by Joseph Stalin, of course. And the two nations agree to not take military action against each other for 10 years. They're like, look, we're going to be chill for 10 years. It's kind of like when you go to a party and you know what I mean? And the ratio is a little off and you look at the dude who asks you when you get there, who do you know here? And you're like, oh, dude, I know Kevin. And he's like, fuck, all right, and this is Kevin's house. How do you know him, dude? Oh, we're high school boys, friend from the past. Fuck, dude, still, whatever, dude. Okay, that's legit, though. And then you guys just make a pack for that night not to freaking, you know, try to hit each other in the windpipe. So freaking, that's basically what the uh, Germans and the frick, oh, the Nazi Germany and the Soviet Russia did at this time. Uh, it's called the German-Soviet Non-Aggression Pact, but um, <laughs> pop, big surprise, dude. <laughs> Two years later, dude, June 22nd, 1941, Operation Barbarossa, which is actually a sick-ass sounding name. Uh, and basically it was, uh, you know, the dude, the bouncer guy who allowed that dude to cruise in who was friends with Kevin just came up and punched him in like the back of the head with his elbow or something. That's basically what Operation Barbarossa was where the Germans, the Nazis were like, oh yeah, dude, sorry, we don't care about that pact. Um, haven't you noticed that we just do what we want? <laughs> we just basically invaded Poland. So um, we're just going to start invading you. So it was their operation to invade Russia, take them out the Eastern front and then move on to the West. But uh, um, the operation was codenamed after Frederick Barbarossa, AKA Redbeard, a 12th century Holy Roman emperor and uh, German king. And um, basically they, he put into action the, um, the ideological goal of conquering, not he, but this is what Operation Barbarossa is, of conquering the Western Soviet Union to repopulate it with Germans, dude. Never a good sign, and obviously, like, Nazi Germany, not a good place, of, like, they're going, we want to conquer you and repopulate you, dude. So, you know what the first part of repopulation is, dude? Is elimination. So, not chill. Um, so, of course, you have our... Uh, Subject of today and, and our uh, hero, Russian hero, of course, uh, Lyudmila Pavlichenko. Um, she's born in 1916 in um Ukrainian city south of Kiev, then part of the Soviet Union. And as we know now, Russia is invading them again, trying to take them back because Stalin's not a good dude. So um, um, history repeats itself. That's Putin. Oh, what the hell am I saying? Putin, yeah. Stalin, also not a good dude. Not a but, good dude either, yeah. Yeah, not a good dude, but Putin, yes, currently. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Freaking boosted. Um, Freaking, 
You're wondering right now, okay, why are we talking about Yudmila Pavlichenko? Okay, we got the Germans invading. Now we're in 1916. We're talking about when she's born. Well, let me tell you something, dude. When she grew up, she was a beast, dude. She would dominate all the boys in playground activities, dude. She was the fastest in her class, dude. Um, at age 14, dude, she relocates to Kiev from the small town that she was born in, dude. And there, she has a life-changing moment. Aaron, she gets enrolled in a sharpshooting school. Wow. You can 14? imagine wow. where this is going, which also pretty amazing. I don't know if they had those in the United States, but I like that the Soviet Union has sharpshooting schools. I would love to go to a sharpshooting school. That'd be so. That's like basically what you do at summer camp. That sounds tight. Uh, she gets a badge. She gets a civil decoration for marksmanship. So basically, it is. It's in. It's an innate skill that she has. She's a beast, dude. She also takes an innate or not innate but a particular interest in history and she's going to school she's at university in kiev studying history she wants to become a teacher um she competes on the track team like i mentioned she was a great athlete um she she stays in shape dude she probably would have been like a biathlete you know if there wasn't a war going on did the skiing and shooting thing um but like i mentioned the war mocked aka the german and our nazi german uh army is invading the soviet union and at this time pevlichenko is 24 and she goes straight to the recruiting office and goes, dude, check out my fucking badges that I got. I've got a great shot. I'm in good shape. I want to be in the infantry. They're like, guys, excuse me. They go, miss, infantry's for men. Uh, I think, what about being a nurse? We definitely want your help, you know? What about being a nurse? And she goes, no, 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 no. I don't want to be a nurse, dude. So she, she does not enroll as a nurse. She leaves. And there's this thing going on, which I, I researched, but it's a little bit unclear. And I do not know how she got this opportunity, but there was this test shooting going on. And Aaron, this is barbaric. Listen to this. There's a test shooting going on where there's like, oh yeah, see that hill up there? Those are two Romanian collaborators. And what that means is Romanian citizens. So not Russian. So don't worry about it. They're not our you know, brethren. Uh, and they're collaborators with the Nazis. So they're very bad guys, but they're up on that hill. So um, can any of you guys shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> literally it's a live human target practice like yeah. and are they tied down dude or? that's what i'm wondering i looked this up when i first read it i was I like are there just two dudes walking around who like don't see this like group of people trying to crack shots at them i'm like no they have to be prisoners and they like have to be tied up to like yeah, posts yeah. up on a hill it'd be more gnarly if they were to like run around on a hill or something yeah but i imagine they're tied up up there and which is just so gnarly and some guys go up, take their shots, they miss. Ludmilla goes up there, boom, gets them both, dude, and they go, you're in. So she was one of 2,000 women allowed to enlist in, uh, as a marksman in the Russian army. Um, I think only 500 of them lived to see the end of the war. Ludmilla is one of them, spoiler alert, but we're going to get into um, a little bit of her story. But I was What, like, what an amazing skill. I mean, like... Just the idea you have to compensate for wind and distance and yes, you're not aiming at the thing you're aiming at. You know what I mean? Yes. At distances like that. It is. It truly is. Un, it is unbelievable. It is remarksmanable. <laughs> Guys, this is a comedy podcast. Buckle up. Coming at you with the puns. We might be having too much fun today. Just imagine me making a solid pun like that and then maneuvering, then going, babe, babe, we got to move. The sun's coming in. She's like, Jesus, we're on vacation. Yeah, Jesus is who we're going to meet. If we don't get to the shade, we're going to fucking bake out here. Let's go. 
It's how I vacation, dude. We've got snorkeling in 25 minutes. Do not eat. <laughs> we will throw up in the snorkel, potentially suffocation and death. Uh, so Pavlichenko, right away, dude, she hits these two, quote, test shots, as they were called, yeah, taking nope. human life. Yeah, those are human beings. These are human well. beings. Also, that's what we need to recognize right now, and I'm glad we're bringing this up now. This is a little bit of like inglorious bastardly, like you know, and like literally we did the same same thing with American Sniper. Like it's propaganda, and we'll get into how Ludmilla is used for propaganda for the Red Army, and, and especially in the tour of the of the United States. But uh, you know, even though she's killing Nazis who are the bad guys, still not good. And I mean, it is celebrated. I mean, the, you know, I have to be guilty of it. Like um, her nickname was Lady Death. I don't trust Austin O'Rourke to set you up on a blind date with a suggestion like this. Um, but, you know, we do need to recognize that, and it's, it's not good. It's something that we should try to avoid at all costs. But this is self-defense, and um, the war becomes personal for her, too, and we'll get into that. Um, also, have I told you – so, okay, we'll get into it. Let's, let's get into her numbers here. So she gets deployed at the front lines uh, at the Siege of Odessa. Um, and I'm probably saying that wrong, you know, Russian accent, not in Texas. Uh, and she documents 187 kills. And that's the thing about sniping is you can actually document your kills. Like you could be a soldier who, you know, like a fighter, like a B-29 bomber could kill thousands of people, but has no idea. And are tragically, probably a lot of them are civilians, but with sniping, they are documented and recorded by both sides. And these things have been cross-referenced and the Nazis knew exactly who she was and I'll get into some unbelievable things the Nazis try to do. Um, so at 25, she goes there, 187 kills, dominating. And this is what I love. A little love story here. At age 25, she marries a fellow sniper, Alexei Kinsenko. They're sharing trenches, the newlyweds. Imagine that's your honeymoon in a trench. Or it harkens me back to a movie that we should all watch, Enemy at the Gates. Amazing boning scene between Jude Law and... Um, uh, what's her name? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss, very good actress. Very both of them easy on the eyes, but they're both you know like tattered and like boning next to like injured soldiers. But it's a good scene, dude. Great movie, dude. Enemy at the Gates. Ed Harris, dude. Let's go. Um, and and it's awesome because it's sniper duels, and we're gonna get into some dueling, baby. You better buckle up for some dueling, dude. But she marries a fellow sniper. Their honeymoon. She says. She's recalled as saying, quote, their honeymoon had a positive effect on my shooting. But, you know, this is war, and tragically, the honeymoon came to an end in March of 1942. Kinsenko uh, was killed when he took a mortar shell um, and died several days later. So at this point, the war was, was more than personal. And I mean, it was even from the beginning, but, it, but if not so, more now. Um, the Russian army gets overrun at Odessa and... She gets redeployed at Sevets, uh, Sevastopol. I'm saying that wrong, but um, there she really goes on a, a run, and her um, toll goes from 187 to 309. That's what she ended her sniping career at 309. Um, she gets wounded at one point. She gets a mortar into the face, like a shrap piece of shrapnel from a mortar into the face. And she gets evacuated by submarine, and typically they don't do that for a normal soldier. But um, Pavlichenko is not a normal soldier. She's like a you know, in the Russian papers print up you know it's part of like the war effort and citizens at home, and it boosts morale. And 
So when the citizens are able to hear about her success, they don't want to hear that, oh, tragically she died and you know, it will make them feel like the Germans are winning, which they were, but until they made the fatal mistake of trying to advance in winter, and we all know how that goes. But um, <clears throat> she also takes out, she uh, before she gets uh, taken off the front lines due to injury, uh, her riskiest missions where she was so good, she was put against other snipers it became duels they would go okay you need to go on a sniper duel so imagine that dude you have this whole war going on around you mortar shells bombing from infantry fire artillery whatever it is planes flying overhead and they go oh yeah you need to focus in and try to and duel this other sniper whose mission it is to kill you she of course goes she's a uh, you know 100 percent win rate and she kills 36 enemy snipers one of them, uh, the stalking lasted for like three days, and she just quoted as a bad badass. She goes, "Look, you know, my uh, opponent made one move too many." You know, she's like, she goes, "He could have, he could have had me where he was, but he tried to get too clever for a better shot and make it more comfortable." And like, apparently, she was like pinned, and she goes, and she's like, "I got lucky on that, and he made that one extra move, and it was one move too many, and took him out." Um, so so gnarly. You imagine that dude b- being in a one-on-one sniper battle. Aaron? Yeah, I'd get shot when I was eating. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like, 100%. You know, I got to eat at some point. Dude, yeah, or just step into the drill factory right, at some point. Just right through a French fry, straight to my jugular. Same here. But you know what? At least it'd be a good way to go, a quick way at least. I'd hope. You know, same. And uh, yeah, just so freaking gnarly, dude. Um, but it's so gold. So before she gets taken off, the uh, Nazis knew exactly who she were. They would tempt her with bribes and send them with like, uh, you know, loud messages over the radio and pamphlets saying, Ludmilla, they'd be like, Ludmilla Pavlachenko, come over to us. We will give you plenty of chocolate and make you a German officer. <laughs> like, dude, that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, dude, uh, we've got some chocolate over here. Like what, what German guy was like, I know what women like. They like chocolate, foot rubs. <laughs> They're not wrong. But it's like, Ludmilla, uh, we will give you chocolate and foot rub if you come over here. Please do this. You know, betray your country. I'm like, dude. Women like babies. We'll give you lots of babies. You want chocolate foot rubs and babies? <laughs> like, nah, dude. Uh, and then when that didn't work, they would give threats. So they knew her, like, death count. So whatever it was at, like, she finished at 309. They'd be like, you've killed 309 Germans. We will cut you up. If we get you, we will cut you up into 309 pieces and scatter them into the winds. And uh, she was like... I feel like she'd be okay with that. that. Dude, it's funny. She's quoted. She goes, I was actually happy they were accurate with quoting how many kills I had. <laughs> She's like, I would be mad if they underplayed me on that. Um, but she gets taken off the lines. Um, Freaking... After this, she goes on a propaganda tour. And this is where we get to some freaking gold. But uh, before we get to that freaking gold, I want to remind you once again about Haver Supply sponsoring this episode, dude. Look, bro, Haver Supply, dude, you know what it's all about, dude? You're that right amount of freaking turnt and burnt. You know what I'm saying? You got that lid covering you up from the sun, dude, but you've been out in it, taking in those rays, feeling good, dude. The bonfire just starts cooking that you and the boys freaking sparked up you cuddle up next to your dank ass gf or your cigo whoever it is sharing a poncho with your cigo make eye contact with your freaking boy right across the bonfire and you're like dude this is what it's all about dude being out there in nature dude 
it's just those good vibes, dude. And Haver's that good vibes brand, dude. It's my go-to hat. Every time I put it on, I feel that extra little boost of stoke, dude, taking in the rays and keeping me safe from them at the same time. So whether you're freaking enjoying a hike, dude, sipping an Ippa on the freaking golf course, just cruising to the beach, dude, cracking a cooler open or boogie boarding if you're a freaking schmoll, whatever it is, doesn't matter, dude. You can still rock the Haver, dude, because it's all about looking good and feeling epic at all times. So... I'm fired up to have Haver sponsoring the episode, dude, and just fired up for my boy Brad, dude. So I'm also fired up on the deal right now for freaking Dank Torians, dude, because right now, listeners, you can get 20% off your order with code DANK at checkout. Go to haversupply.com and enter code DANK at checkout for 20% off. That's haversupply.com, code DANK for 20% off at checkout. <laughs> so sick, dude. All right, dude. Back to Ludmilla Pavlichenko, dude. We mentioned this, Aaron. Propaganda, right? Think about the um, inglorious past. I know they'd be playing over the radio. What, what were you gonna say? I know they'd be playing over the radio to get her to to stop. Dude, Ludmilla, please let me go. Ludmilla. <laughs> <laughs> like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> please let me go. Very frightening, very frightening. Galileo. Lily Miller, Pablo Checo. Dude, I mean, that would be catchy. At least I would, you know, listen to it. You know, that scene from Saving Private Ryan, the Statue of Liberty is kaput. <laughs> so funny, dude. Um, so she's a freaking beast, dude. The most uh, recorded kills as a female sniper in history uh, from World War II still holds that record. Uh, 309 confirmed, 36 of which were snipers. So it's not like it was just dudes, you know, messengers delivering messages or infantry soldiers or, you know, guys manning machine guns or whatever. Um, Very, very gnarly, dude. And it's tough to comprehend that. And um, while Ludmila Pavlichenko, she recovers from her injuries fully, and she's like, let's go, baby. I'm ready to go back to the lines. Russia goes, no. We have another use for you. Kind of what they did with, you know, John Bassalone, Medal of Honor winner, hero of um, the Guadalcanal battle and Bassalone Roads, where I learned to surf San Onofre, where I also do rock my haver lid down there, dude. Um, you go on a tour, try to sell war bonds or whatever, and Russia wanted a West, they wanted another front to occupy German forces who were invading their country. They're like, dude, America, like, you know, Britain's in the war, France is already overrun. We want you. We need you guys in this war. And part of the way they decided we would do this, let's send Ludmilla over there, tell her story, and you know, try to drum up a war effort from the States. And she meets, she like I mentioned how I started the episode, uh, an interesting fact, but the least of, however, uh, many, many interesting things and heroic things Ludmilla did. Uh, she freaking gets invited to the White House. She becomes freaking friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, dude. Um, and also, it's interesting, she's Ukrainian-born, right? It's Soviet Union, but she's Ukrainian. Um, she becomes freaking freaking friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, dude. They actually travel around together, seeing the country by train, so they become, you know, great friends. Um, she spoke no English. She had a translator who would tell her stories, and, you know, it was awesome. But here's the thing, dude. The United States at the time, and look, communism on paper sounds nice, never works, but... Uh, the ladies in a communist society 
like had a role and stuff and were like obviously they weren't equals like the recruitment officer still wanted the Miller to be a nurse which is what the Americans would have wanted but she does she is allowed to be a sniper uh, you know there ended up being female pilots and stuff and test pilots later on in the states and things change but in one regard that's one of the few ways that Soviet Russia was ahead of the states but um, at that time but uh, the press is out there dude and she gets all these misogynistic questions they'd be like do you wear makeup how come your your dress is so long it's not it doesn't look good and some guys like and she would literally be like what the fuck you <laughs> she'd be like uh, there's no rules like she'd answer literally like there's no rule against it you fucking idiot. Uh, and then she goes, like, but then you're, she, you're not even hot. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally some moron guys are like, dude, I thought you'd be hot. Like, what were the Russians thinking? They didn't send like a hot sniper. Could we get like a hot lady with a rifle over here? Literally, that's like what the press was doing at the time. Morons, dude. Then she admonishes one guy. She's like, but who has time to think of her shiny nose when a battle is going on? And the guy's like, right, right. And this guy, meanwhile, for the press. He's and like, then, uh, uh, you, I mean, you know, you could try. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know, do I? I appreciate a little effort from my wife. She's even like, oh, it's clear that you men care about what type of silk underwear is under a woman's uniform as opposed to the uniform that she wears. And she's like, I wear my uniform proudly, and I've served my country and taken out soldiers proudly. And she um, goes on to, you know, she describes uh, killing humans in the first day of battle. So she does realize what she's doing, right? Even after her test shots. <laughs> um she said she was paralyzed by fear, um, holding her Mosin Nangant 7.62 millimeter rifle with a PE four times telescope. That was her weapon. Um, she would say her first day in battle, there's a young Russian soldier set up next to her in a position beside her. Um, and right, you know, before they're even able to settle in, a shot rings out and a German bullet took out her comrade. Uh, and she said this shocked her into action. Um, and she said that she was such a, that was a nice, happy boy that was with him. She met him right before and he was killed next to me just like that. And she said once, even before her husband, this was her first day in battle. She said, nothing could stop me after that. Um, you know, and then the guy who asked the makeup question was probably like, Oh, whoa. Um, I'm a dumbass. Um, she said, uh, reading the press accounts of her sturdy black boots that, um, they have known the grime and blood of battle and giving blunt descriptions of her day-to-day -day life as a sniper, killing Noxies, she said, aroused no complicated emotions in her. The only feel that, that she has is great satisfaction a hunter feels who has killed a beast of prey. So, you know, she's all in and, you know, we can tell, we can understand her perspective because just a little bit about, um, you know, German tactics um, going into the... In, during Operation Barbarossa, it was not uncommon. Um, you know, it was obviously the Blitzkrieg, um, and they had the Einstutzengruppen, uh, which is known as the SS. These are the death squads, so there are death squads that follow in the army's wake. So there'll be the invading force of the Blitzkrieg, then you have your SS coming behind, and it was their purpose to kill civilians, uh, Soviet Jews, um, anybody that they would be weak because they want to repopulate, right? They're like, let's get of, get rid of all en enemies to the Nazi state. Uh, so literally, um, you know, they would kill women and children. So she's like, for every Nazi I don't kill, even though she was on the front lines and killing regular soldiers most likely and other snipers, not SS members, but hopefully she did get some of those guys because they're really bad guys. Um, 
she's like, yeah, the threat's real. Like, they'll come kill my family. They did kill my family. They've killed this guy I was friends with. So, you know, I'm not saying it's good to have that, but I'm saying as far as Ludmilla is and who she is in her experience, one can see how she has that uh, point of view. Uh, and she puts that point of view to the test, and it's being, and her point of view, uh, and the tragic part of propaganda is now it's being used to service the state, and it's being used to service the state to get these states to come into um, uh, the war, which, you know, we all end up happening. Um, but she, uh, you know, once she shares her stories and personal accounts, even these stupid schmoll freaking morons from the press all like stand up and applause and like she's really has a really famous line where she goes um gentlemen i am 25 years old and i have killed 309 fascist occupants by now don't you think gentlemen that you have been hiding behind uh my back for too long and then people would Whoa. all stand up and applause and she's like come on let's go i've done i've done my part it's time for you guys to do your part isn't it so very gnarly um, and then, you know, speaking of her point of view, um, she, uh, and, and the, the tragic cost of it, she was known sufferer of PTSD or then I think it was called battle shock or battle fatigue, shell shock from World War One. Uh, PTSD wasn't coined at that time, but it was basically battle fatigue, shell shock, and just trauma from the horrors of war. Uh, and you can imagine... Uh, you know, you're a B-29 pilot, you're 30,000 feet up in the air, and I'm sure these guys have plenty of horrors and traumas, you know, imagining what they had done. But if you are a sniper, you literally see <laughs> everything you're doing. I mean, imagine trying to empathize with that. And she was known to, she did go on and finish her degree, and she became a teacher and like a curator for the Navy in Russia. And um, But she passed away pretty early at, in, at, uh, in 1974, I think 58 years old, whatever that, math is 1916 to 74 and um you know she was she was suffered from alcoholism and uh as a you know a lot of soldiers would turn to the bottle and um but she was a successful military hero and the most successful female sniper in history um so a total badass so we got to give her a big time shout out and you have to realize you know if everything has a cost and you know the mental toll and anguish of what she did is gnarly and it's something that you know the state and government and the United States does it. Every country would do it, you know. They, it is good to honor your heroes and everything, but at the same time, you know, give them the necessary, you know, the veterans the necessary things that they need and, uh, you know, especially for the mental things that you can't see, you know. You see someone who's missing a limb because of a mortar shell or is a scar from war, and you, of course, give them the doctor, the medical attention, but also the ongoing stuff that they're needed, you know, mentally and, and physically, right? So very gnarly and that could be a takeaway from the story and also just that she's a freaking badass dude and was told from when she was a little girl oh you can't run with the big dogs can't run with the boys and she goes oh really dude <laughs> sorry bro i'm freaking better than all the boys dude in fact she was i mean she's right up there with some of the best snipers in the history just got looking at world war ii you have the guy simo haya he's a finnish sniper who ironically was fending off soviet soldiers he took out 542 invading Soviet soldiers during World War II. He, the thing about him is he used nothing but a bolt-action rifle, no scope. Um, so very gnarly. I think the highest number of confirmed kills by any sniper in a major war. Uh, and then the, the uh, so she gets, uh, Lumila has 309, and she's a Soviet um, Red Army soldier. 
Ivan Sidorenko, another Red Army soldier, has 500. That's his. That's the highest. So, I mean, she's right there, dude. And, you know, who knows how many she would have had if she continued to to fight. But good thing she didn't have to for her own mental fortitude and safety. Um, so very gnarly story, very badass. Got to give a shout-out to Austin for a freaking dank-ass suggestion. And uh, pretty freaking gnarly, dude. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it's the idea of someone doing that with a bolt action. <laughs> no scope. Yeah, the other dude, yeah. Um, the Finnish guy, Simon Haya. Dude. Wow. But again, who's counting? Is he counting? Is he making a little notch on his gun every time? Like He does, but that's the thing with Ludmilla, because I thought about the same thing. But the enemy records the shots. They'd be like, they'd go back, because the snipers is going to be used to target you know, high profile targets or take out like a, a tank commander or like someone manning a 30 cal that's really being effective. So those can be in their kills, right? Mm -hmm. So the guy that she gets is KIA and they'll record that and that will go to the officer. So they do record it on both sides and can be cross-referenced. Um, and then of course with the sniper duels, like 36 confirmed, like for, those were for sure against other snipers. And like there must have been like, I mean, that's what's cool about Enemy at the Gates. It kind of goes into the, uh, you know, the press and everything. And and I think because it is in the press, and I'm sure, you know, maybe some stats get boosted or this or that. For, I'm sure some of that happens. But uh, the fact that it's cross-referenced is a little more reassuring of the accuracy of it. Because, you know, the Germans wouldn't want to report it properly, right? They'd, they would want to undercut it, but they didn't. Yeah. Um. So very gnarly. All right, dude. You want to move on to a few questions before we bone out? Let's do it. Sick. This is one of the best email subject lines. I haven't read this email yet. Sometimes I'll read them just in case they're inappropriate. And this one could be, but I didn't because I'm taking a risk. So we'll see. Subject, Hornyville, population me. <laughs> Here we go, dude. What's up, Strider and Aaron? I'm a huge fan of the pod and love listening to you guys. I bring you this conundrum to you from across the pond in the UK. I'm sorry if it's a bit long, unlike my dank. I love it. He's been brave and honest right out of the gate. I like this guy. My dank GF and I have been together for six years now. We've been through university together and live with our respective uh, parents 10 minutes apart. When we used to visit each other at university, we used to bone like rabbits, and I'd often adopt your legendary tongue dart technique. I love to hear that. I mean, honestly, it feels like I wrote this, but I didn't. This is amazing, dude. However, since coming home during the pandy, our sex life has uh, has someone come somewhat come to a crashing halt. When we bone now, it's amazing. Although we simply don't do it enough, and we are rarely have free houses and can't afford to buy our own place. Do you have any tips to help us spice things up and get on the express train to Pleasure Town more often? With regards, Joe. This is a beautiful email, and you know problems. I don't even want to call this a problem. I mean, it is a problem, but I love that you guys have this problem. This is a great problem. And this is a, it's going to be fun creating these solutions. I mean, you're basically back in high school mode. You know, you, I mean, I hope you guys have cars. You should be boning in a car, but you guys have been dating for six years. You want something a little more comfortable. You know what I mean? It's tough to dart in a car unless you got an extended cab. You can put the seats down, you know, Ford, Ford uh, you know, Expedition XL, Ford Raptor, you know, extended cab, something like that. 
could be you know good for darting otherwise you know it's going to be tough you're going to need a moonroof someone's got to be standing looking out you know her head's out the moonroof looking around maybe she's going to if you're parked somewhere secluded that could actually be pretty sick so i mean i'm thinking to myself how many of your friends are at home you know can you go to that many ragers and crash there um aaron do you got anything off the top of your dome dude i mean i'm just thinking you guys got to go car status at this point yeah yeah i mean if you got a car you got a place to bone true um very true they've been together six years and somehow they still don't have the money to move i mean in. they they just graduated college still they move in together that's not they moved back home, saving some money. I mean, look, this is millennial. You know, after when I graduated college, I moved home for a little bit before saving up some dough to move out to pursue stand up with JT in LA. It's sick, but I think they're just at this point of saving a little dough before they do that move in together. Yeah, and they want to bone during that time. And well, I want them to bone. I need. Plenty. To, I do too. I'm very excited for them. I want them to go to Bone Town three thousand. I just think. I just think get a place that's vaguely affordable. And struggle, because you're gonna struggle anyway. You're just out of college, and just bone down. Come down. Come home from your jobs that you hate that you need to afford this place. Bone down. You know where you could do. No one's going to the library. <laughs> Who goes to the library? You know what I mean. You got to go to the library and bone there. Get a study room, dude. I mean, yeah. Reserve a, a study checklist. room at the library. You know, you'll become boys at the librarian, walk in separately. You know, oh, hey, yeah. Uh, what are you guys working on? Oh, dude, we're just researching, dude. <laughs> uh, we got an anatomy exam coming up. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and then you just put, you go in the, sometimes they're all glass. I think they do that because I think this is something I stole. Speaking of veterans, uh, there's a VA hospital next to the campus I went to at UCSD and you know, tragically, uh, disenfranchised veterans and maybe not veterans at some points, but would go in there and absolutely drill themselves with the Wi-Fi in those study rooms. Um, and in fact, later on when I was there, they turned them to glass so that couldn't happen. Um, but you can also go to a seldom read section, you know, go to like the manifesto section, go to the communist literature sp section, speaking of Soviets, go there, although you might get some right wingers trying to stop you, like an old dude, you know, with Birkenstocks wearing socks at the same time, trying to corner like you know old dudes who try to corner you at the grocery store and tell you about politics. Yeah, you know, frozen aisle. And you might get some of that, but you know you just gotta really tell them you're Antifa, so they'll freak out or something. But uh, I think the library people aren't going there. You could also do daytime summer. I think during school, so in September when school kicks back up, daytime laser tag. <laughs> get a laser tag vest go in there and bone i think they have a lot of cameras in there for You're right for don't do that liability. good call good call um, dude uh invest in a de uh, you know a, a decent tent yeah camping tent. get into camping go to rei don't Zip. go to rei too expensive all right don't go walmart, there. walmart tent for two they dude. have these ones that fold up get an air mattress yeah bone on that Bone Town 3000. You know where you could bone? The Nordstrom restroom. They always fitting have nice rooms. restrooms. Yeah, fitting rooms. Yeah. Don't get caught, though, if you do that. Don't. Um, that's, your, that's your mission. That's your sniper mission. Exactly. Do not get caught. Do not get caught. Do not make one too many moves and get sniped by loss prevention. Mm -hmm. Okay, security. 
you know, you need to go. I really, really wanted to rack my mind and give them a good spot, but library sounds good to me. People aren't going in there too often. People aren't readers these days. You know, they're on the internet and stuff, but, and you got old dudes. They're kind of, you know, they're not paying too much attention. You're in there. You kind of get moving, get, get out, get in, get out. Something like that. And that's pretty chill. A golf course after hours. Yeah. Could do that. Do you live in one of those weird old town? Well, not weird, but like those vintage old towns that have like a gazebo in the town square? Yes. Hit that. Yes, exactly. Late at night, whatever, whatever it takes late at night. The gazebo, exactly. It's a summer night. It'll be warm. Mm-hmm. That This works before fall autumn sets in. Yeah, gazebos. Keep your eyes peeled for gazebos, for boning, dude. <laughs> Sick. That's a good call, Aaron. Yeah. See that? Sometimes you just got to work through it, dude. Um, Joe, good luck for you and your lady, dude. I want, I'm, I'd love for you guys to be in Pleasure Town. So I'm sure there's a place called Pleasanton that has a nice gazebo that you could turn into Pleasure Town. Let's do one more before I burn out. Strider and Aaron beasting on the sticks. What up? Me and my dank GF have had a great summer, but are now going back to schools in different states. Our stoke is low and we want to stay together, but we know we will face the challenges of college life. Any advice on how to keep the bonfire of love and stoke raging while we are separate? Thank you, Dustin. Sort of an opposite problem there. They're far, pro- they're not in close proximity. Sounds like it's more than bone. I mean, here, I think I'm interpreting this as the challenges of college. Of It's also horniness here. Mm-hmm. They're going to be partying at Ragers, but they love each other. They've had a nice summer more than a fling, it sounds like. They're, they want to keep this going, both of them, mutually. I love that they've had that talk. Um, I think, you know, you got to stay disciplined. Um, you know, Rage, be, as far as the dude goes, be a good wingman. It's tough, it's tough for me. I, you know, I have my perspective built in from the, the, you know, the male gaze, as my dad guest fiancé taught me. But I think, you know, you guys have FaceTime. Um it sounds like you're going back to school, so maybe you won't be in a dorm. Maybe you have your own room where you guys can FaceTime each other, which would be legit, you know. Um, yeah, how far away are you from each yeah. other? Like, is this it's a different too states. much for a weekend? Yeah, one weekend there, one weekend your place. True, it's on a college budget, so I mean, maybe at least once a semester you do something. I mean, you're back home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, spring break you can spend together. But, you know, it's those parties, those, it's those weeknights, you know, where you're raging and, and you know, you meet someone in your poli-sci class, and then you go, why can't I be polyamorous? And I get that, dude. You, you have know, to avoid drinking too much, I think. Yeah, that's like, true, this too. Going. Or, not good advice, black out every night. No, <laughs> don't do that. And you don't know do if you've cheated. Not yes. do that. Um, but, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to sneeze. Thank you, Aaron. Um, I mean, dude, talk on the phone and be open and honest with each other, you know? And if it gets hard, be honest and, you know, and you are in college, man. And and I know you want to stay together, but it doesn't mean anything if you, I mean, it does. It just, I would say this, just don't, don't do the thing where you hook up with someone and then tell after. Just, if you're having feelings, I mean, try to do your best. And I know you're young and it's tough to do it, but try to, you know, be honest first be like hey look it's really hard i really care about you but i'm so fucking horny i need a bone and there's a toga party coming up dude um and i think you guys will both understand it because you're both having this problem and then she'll be like 
yeah, I'm horny too. And there's a librarians and barbarians party coming up. And I've got a great freaking barbarian outfit because I'm that type of girl. I go the other way with it because I'm funny, but also cute. And it's like, holy shit, dude, that's fucking rad. That's what I love about you. And that's what I love about you. But let's set each other free for tonight. Okay. And maybe that's just what it's got to be. Open, honest communication, dude. That's all. I, that's the only thing I got for you. Your guys are in college. Um, just have fun, dude. Have fun. Try to be the best you can and treat people with respect. And other than that, dude, freaking stay stoked. Check out the Netflix show coming up August 23rd. Streaming, baby. I'm going to be streaming it. Um, check out the Patreon. You know what I'm going to do on the Patreon? I'm going to talk about my fantasy picks. I do my fantasy football guy, so I'm going to give away some picks there. So if any of my bros listen, <laughs> you're going to be able to get an inside look at my draft strategy, but I'll also know that you signed up because I see the names, and that gets me stoked every time I see someone new. So come and check it out, patreon.com slash Um Got some good content coming out on there. And other than that, dude, Aaron, you're a beast. And uh, stay stoked. We'll catch you guys on the next one.